but everyone is on this journey, whether they know it or not, meaning you are going to get to the point where you're not going to be able to work anymore um, because of old age or, you know, health and you just don't want to. And so you want to be able to be able to sustain your life, whatever lifestyle that looks like. And this is why it's important to be aware of where you are on the journey. So I think financial independence, the thought, if you're thinking about the technical terms and, you know, there's the financial independence, retire early movement. So people lump that together because it just flows, right? Fire. But the retire early part for people, like it's sometimes hard because then it's like, wait a second, I can't even retire on time. Like I'm, I'm behind on that. And you're telling me I should retire early. Right. Or, <laughs> or just like. The, and then they're the, like, the, forget it. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to like, hear about it anymore. <laughs> I don't, it's like, and then, you know, you're thinking about, will I at what like work is important which it is right and so you think about what would I do after that and so I think it's really important to focus on the financial independent part and first you need to understand where you are on the journey my name is Allison Baggerly creator of inspired budget and I'm on a mission to help women live their best life and reach their money goals Join me here for inspiring conversations to help you learn more about budgeting, saving money, paying off debt, and investing for your future. You'll be hearing not only from me, but others along the way that have a story and voice to share. Let's dive in. Today, I get to introduce you to one of my friends, Jamila. She is the founder of Journey to Launch, and her story about really truly working to reach financial independence is so inspiring and one that I am thrilled to share. Let's go ahead and dive into our interview. Welcome, Jamila. I'm so happy to have you here on the Inspire Budget Podcast. Your story is one that just from the moment that I first met you was very inspiring to me. So I knew when I was starting a podcast that I needed to have you on. So welcome. Thank you so much, Allison. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your money story, your relationship with money and where your life was versus where it is now. Yeah. Well, I always like to say, and this is why I tell everyone that you're on the journey, whether you know it or not, life is happening and things are happening and money is a fuel to that. And so whether you know you're intentionally on it, you're on it. So when you are aware of it, like when I became aware of it, like really consciously, that was around my early thirties when I was pregnant with my first son, I realized I was on this journey because I was pregnant in a long commute from Brooklyn to New Jersey. And it was like miserable, but I was able to deal with it because I didn't have kids before. And I was in the car for an hour and a half. That was fine. But being pregnant and then that day it took me like three or four hours to get home in traffic, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I couldn't just quit my job like because I had now a baby on the way. I knew I wanted more kids. I, I was making good money at my job. And so I was just like, wait a second. So you mean to tell me I have to be stuck doing this for the rest of my life? And so a lot of things started to well up in me and I started to remember the dreams I had when I was a kid and in my early twenties, when I was full of hope <laughs> before, <laughs> corp before corporate America kind of like took it out of me. And I was like, you know what? I want to be free. And so it really prompted me to start looking into, okay, how do I quit my job? Like I wasn't necessarily looking up money specific things when I started the journey, but I started to look up, how do I quit my job? How do I retire early? All these things. And then I found podcasts and blogs talking about financial independence and money and using it as a tool to become free. And that's what intentionally started me on this path that I'm on now. So you're pregnant, you come home to your husband and you're like, Hey, guess what? <laughs> Curveball. What, like, how did he react? Cause he's a teacher, right? 
Yeah, my husband's yes. just okay. The thing is too, it didn't happen that fast in terms of the transition from right. being unaware to aware. So I was pregnant, had that experience, came home, cried, and started to then do the research. So I didn't come mm-hmm. home and then say, hey, I'm gonna like here's this thing, let's do it right away. Right. It took time. Like it actually wasn't until after my second was born that I started Journey to Launch, okay. the blog at first to mm-hmm. then eventually become the podcast. So it took a couple of years in between that to kind of like research, learn, get inspired and then take action, honestly. Right. And then during that time though, when I really got serious about journey to launch, that's when I did come home and say to him, Hey, there's this thing called financial independence. People are retiring early, quitting their jobs. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And he was looking at me like, what are you talking about? Like, he was like, totally <laughs> like, you know, he's a simple guy. My husband's very mm-hmm. simple. Like, for example, when we talked about going on our honeymoon, when we first got married, mm-hmm. he was like, let's just go to like Mexico, which is fine. Nothing's wrong with yeah. Mexico. But in my head, I'm like, let's travel the world. Like I had this whole itinerary, <laughs> you know, so he just wants to relax. And here I am coming home, telling him about this thing. He's just like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. It sounds like our, our husbands might be very similar because my husband's very simple, just no need to like make anything super crazy or difficult or complicated. Let's not overcomplicate our life. I have a question because I know that you've been on this journey for how long, like several years. Yeah. So I would say, all right, I, I intentionally started when I started to blog or talk about it at 33, because my goal was in seven years, by the time I was 40 years old to reach financial, my version of financial independence. Your version. Okay. Yeah. So what was back then this young 33 year old with these new and exciting dreams that you've dusted off? You're like, wait a minute, this is what I wanted for my life back then. Let me take it now. What was your version of financial independence? Okay, the technical version, the, the, the FI, I like to just joke around and say the FI police, if they're listening, you know, it's like, <laughs> you have enough money saved and invested where you never have to work again. You're living off your investments from passive income. I think that looks different for your situation, because I do have a partner and spouse, and he's not necessarily on this retire early, quit, never work again, which Mm -hmm. I actually wasn't on either. I wanted to still work. I just didn't want to work in corporate America. And I wanted to not depend on a paycheck. Right. So in my version, it was by the time we were 40, because my husband and I are the same age that we'd have enough saved and invested where literally if we never wanted to invest in it again, any accounts, like it would just grow on autopilot and we'd be fine. Worst case scenario. Right. Like, and the other thing was we'd pay off our house. So we'd get rid of Mm -hmm. our biggest expense we would, we would live comfortably, but my husband in that scenario actually still worked. So some people may say, well, and you know, I'm very lucky to have a partner where even me thinking about quitting my job at 40, like that was possible also because we can be all under his insurance, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because he's a teacher. So there were some factors factored into my idea of financial independence, but really it was to have enough security, reduce our expenses to the point where if I never wanted to work again, that would be possible. But I knew that I would still work. I just wanted to choose what I wanted to do without that pressure. Yeah. You didn't want to be held captive under this salary that you needed. And you justified staying in a job that you didn't like because you hadn't put in place the things that would allow you to leave. Yeah. And so, and also like my husband too, if you say, he said, well, I want to be financial. Like I want to do that too. I don't want to have to work mm-hmm. either. Then we would have probably created a plan. Maybe it took us more years um, yeah. in, when we first started to, to, to make that happen too. And is he still wanting to work for a while? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Like in his head, he's just like, first of all, you know, we have three kids now. Mm -hmm. And so even in the pandemic, when everyone was home, like he is just itching to get out of the house. Okay. He doesn't want to, and, uh, and he's not like entrepreneurship minded. Like he doesn't want from what I understand and known him now for like 19 years to really have his own business. So he's happy to work in a structure and his job, like he is a teacher and he's a phys ed and health teacher. So it's to me, I mean, he works, but he has fun. Like he gets to go to work in sweats. He like, he he coaches. So he's also a sports guy. Yeah. So it's very aligned already with what he loves. And he like teaches the kids sports. And so I think that he thinks it's going well. And so for him, he's just like, why would I give this up? Like, this is great. Right. So that sounds just like my husband. My husband's a band director. He loves music. He loves playing instruments. I mean, he it is not entrepreneurial minded at all, has no desire. He's like, you go ahead and do your thing. That's good for you. But I'm going to stay right here in my, in his comfort zone and what he enjoys doing. And so, you know, my husband always says, I'll work until I can pull my teacher retirement system and then I'll do something different. Maybe I'll go teach private lessons or maybe I'll go do something else. Like he's always said, Uh, When I retire as a teacher, I'll pull my teacher pension, but I will also go do something else because that's what brings him joy. It brings him joy to work. Whereas for me, I love the idea of running my own business and doing my own thing, kind of like you do. Well, and I think this is, that's the point too, is that I think, yes, money is important, obviously, which is why we're both kind of like in the same field. (laughs) But I think people are really just looking for happiness and freedom and contentness. So like my husband too, like he also, his job is like 10, 15 minutes away from our house. So his experience is totally different than what mine was when I was working because I was commuting for so long. And so I just think, you know, I always tell people, if you actually have a job you love, you've already like won half the battle. Like you already are in a really good space because what really people are looking for is just, it's just fulfillment in their work, whatever that looks like. And so if you already have that, then you are actually far ahead of many people. Yes. So you decide you want to start this blog journey to launch. You start a podcast that is wildly successful. So if anyone is listening to this, once you're done here, go search journey to launch. Was it scary once you got to leave that corporate job? Cause you, you did it before 40, you started around 33. When, what's the timeline here? When did you actually get to leave? Yeah. So, all right. I started Journey to Launch as a blog at 33 and it was really just to chronicle. Like I had no intention that this would then would be the vehicle for me to be able to quit my job, but I started it to blog my journey to financial independence. And then a couple of years later, started the podcast. And then when I got pregnant with my third child, which is my daughter, I knew immediately that I couldn't juggle my full-time job, which was high demand because in corporate America and the commute, which was like an hour and a half to two hours, one way driving. And Journey to Launch, because Journey to Launch started to take off a bit in terms of the audience. And just, I really felt like, wow. And then meeting people in the space who were making money doing this full time, I was like, wait a second. So you mean to tell me like, I can actually make money doing work that matters, making an impact and like, like it and love it actually. <laughs> That's um, a thing. While- Right. That's a thing. And still pursue this journey that I'm on. And so I decided when I got pregnant, we decided because it was a joint decision. But I I came to him with this idea, like, you know what, I can't do this all. And so what about I quit my job? And, you know, we save up to do that while I'm pregnant. And I take this leap into journey to launch full time and see what happens. And we were not financially independent yet, because at this point, my daughter was just born. So I think I was about 36. Okay. 30, uh, when I quit my job, I probably have to check on the dates, but around that. 
not financially independent yet, but we had done such uh, in the short time that I started Journey to Launch and was intentional and saving, investing and taking advantage of that corporate paycheck. We had saved and invested a lot of money in our 401k, our 403b account, his 457 account. Like we were, because the plan was to earn as much in these jobs, save as much as possible over the next seven years. So 40, right? And so we did a lot of that in the first two years. Then when I realized I was pregnant and I wanted to change courses because I wasn't, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it to be miserable or unhappy for the next five years doing this. Right. Especially and, during your children's childhood. Yes. And so I was like, you know what? I'm willing to actually take a risk and slow down the process because entrepreneurship and really cutting our household income more than half, because I, I had the potential to, I was earning more and I had the potential to earn more in my career. And so I was like, you know what though, but it's worth it. It's worth it to slow, possibly slow this down and not reach this goal. If it means I can actually benefit from the happiness and freedom today, because I have flexibility, I'm not stressed about a commute. And so we made that decision that let's give it a try, but we also set ourselves up where, okay, let's save now. So instead of investing in our retirement accounts, let's save that money to help bridge the gap because my husband's income did not cover all of our expenses. And we didn't want to drastically change our lifestyle. So we had to save that runway up and also with a business, like I didn't want to depend on Journey to Launch the first couple of years, like it had to make money. And then I'm out here like selling, you know, being all desperate. Random trying things, to, yeah. right. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? And so we, we, we set a plan and we switched from investing aggressively and saving into these retirement accounts and investing accounts to let's save up a ca- like cash and, you know, capital that we're comfortable for the next couple of years. And that's what we did to fill, to take the leap. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. And I'm, I'm sure that was scary, but having the money in the bank, it eases, it eases that fear. And I think that that's why people need emergency funds. That's why people need sinking funds. That's why people need savings is because it does ease some of that anxiety that can come from those things. And that's what you did, but like 10 times because you were leaving your job and you knew that you didn't want to necessarily pull an income from your business right away. Yeah. And the thing is too, some people may be thinking like, well, I don't have that kind of flexibility to save that much to quit my job just yet. But just the fact that the emergency fund that was saved initially, that set us up to be able to do what we did later on. So I just feel like everything's a stepping stone. And so sometimes you don't feel like you're earning or saving or investing enough, but that little bit that you're doing is the training grounds for the bigger things that you'll do. So it is important that no matter how much it is or how little you think it is, that it's the practicing and doing the habit that is formed that will then take you to the next level. Yes, I love it. It's all about that initial habit because I think so often people can say, okay, I need to go from point A all the way to point Z, but they don't realize that the habits is what gets you there along the way. You don't have to go there right away, snap your fingers and you're there. Financial independence has changed for you. Has your outlook on it changed? You've you've started this business. You changed the way you were investing. You have something that brings you joy and happiness and the flexibility that you desire. So has your idea of financial independence changed? Yes and no. So I think when I first came upon the idea, when I was listening to people in the space, like the bloggers and podcasters who talked about it, I feel like they approached it more from a 
more of a scarcity mindset in a bit. Like it was more about like spending as little as possible, which not is all, it's not always scarce. Like it's good to budget. It's good to be frugal and to be intentional. So that's important. So I always had like these big dreams. And then when I found out about financial independence, I was like, you know what, what if I did contract how much we spent, which we did to be able to reach some of our goals. And it was really about saving as much as possible in these outside things for a future benefit. Right. And as I started the journey and started to save and invest and had this timeline of seven years, I realized that, you know what, to me, honestly, I didn't want to wait X amount of years to enjoy my life. Like I needed to find a balance because if it was just me, maybe I could operate a little bit differently, but I have, you know, a husband, I have kids and we want to enjoy life now. And I live in New York city. We like going out to eat. We, you know, we want to do things. And so it changed for me because I realized that I needed to not only save and invest for the future aggressively, but also enjoy the time that I have now. And so if that meant delaying how long it takes me to reach this financial independence goal, whatever that is, that's fine with me as long as I'm enjoying the journey and being responsible. So it wasn't about saving and investing as much as possible anymore. It was finding a balance between that. And, you know, for example, when I first started, I was like, well, the house that we live in now, we can live in this forever. And we could if we wanted to. Right. And I think, you know, before we press record, I was like, <laughs> you know, I feel like if I'm not thinking in like the the scarcity mindset, like I do want a bigger house mm -hmm. <laughs> and I do want my own office and I do want more. And it's okay to say that. And, but by saying that, that means, you know, that's more money. And so what does that look like for us to be able to achieve that. So I, I think I'm more flexible and okay with spending more now on items that I may have before said, oh no, that's not going to really like get us to our number fast enough. And I'm like, you know, right. it's not about speed. Hey, it's, it's about quality. Rate. Yeah. It's not about speed or it's about the quality of the journey. And so I think I'm more set up for a balanced approach. And I think actually by doing what I did, I, I don't know, I have a feeling that I'm still going to reach my goal actually. And I'm just but I'm going to be happier for it. Yes. So I'm excited. So I love how you were saying you want it to be balanced and that you have to, you said, enjoy the journey. I think that so many people think there's this myth out there that while you're budgeting and paying off debt or saving to try to meet your retirement goals, you must be miserable. You can't go out to eat. You better not enjoy life or else there's going to be some sort of police out there that's going to come and, and catch you, right? You can't go on any of these vacations. And I think it's BS. I think that we can, just like you said, enjoy the journey. And sometimes as you are scaling back, you might think your past version of yourself might think, oh, I'm not going to like that. That's going to be such sacrifice. But when you scale back, you're like, hey, this is actually still nice. I still like this because I'm able to spend money on what I love and I'm willing to cut back on some of the other things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is like things are uh, sometimes you will make sacrifices, It's but it's temporary and it's just understanding the opportunity cost. So as long as you're aware, let's say you have debt, like some people, like I know I'm very hyper-focused on paying off consumer debt and not having that. And I mean, I still use my credit card, but I pay it off every month, but let's just say like, there's an opportunity for you to do something. You have debt, you need, you should pay off. And there's something that comes along that you know is important or will bring you joy. And it's not frivolous. It's not like a, something you just do. It's like really something that's worth it to you, whatever that means for you. And you know, the opportunity cost and means it's going to take you longer, six months to pay off your debt. As long as to me, you know what doing this thing does and what it is, and you're, you're accepting the consequences 
then you sh- then do it. You you make that choice for yourself. It's just when people like make these choices and then are either complaining or just not happy. It's like and not knowing it. That's the issue. Well, and sometimes life, these things are going to come along and you don't realize it. Like my son, my youngest son needed surgery and he had to have it before he was two years old. It was something that kind of fell into our laps and it happened two months before we were supposed to be debt free. And even though it was unfortunate, we were like, well, of course we're going to pay for the surgery and we're going to pause everything. We are going to pause everything and we are going to take longer. So that opportunity cost to be able to provide a timely and healthy surgery for our son that he desperately needed. It was so easy, but the same could be said about a weekend vacation, you know, and those were things that we did during our debt payoff journey that it was worth it. Like, yeah, like it, you know, it's worth it for your, your mental health and your sanity and for your joy and your happiness. So it's nice to hear someone that is talking about financial independence and being able to have a balance along the way to get there. So let's say someone is listening and the thought of financial independence is brand new for them. You know, maybe they either have never really thought about retirement. Maybe they are just kind of putting money away and haven't actually thought, okay, well, what is this money for? How much do I actually need? Or is it possible for me to end my career five years sooner than I thought or 10 years sooner? But they're sitting here thinking, I I don't even know what to do. What is the first thing you would tell people to do to kind of get this reframe their thinking into, okay, what would my life look like if I were to be financially independent? Yeah. So I always say again, that everyone is on this journey, whether they know it or not, meaning you are going to get to the point where you're not going to be able to work anymore um, because of old age or, you know, health and you just don't want to. And so you want to be able to be able to sustain your life, whatever lifestyle that looks like. And this is why it's important to be aware of where you are on the journey. So I think financial independence, the thought, if you're thinking about the technical terms and, you know, there's the financial independence, retire early movement. So people lump that together because it just flows, right? Fire. But the retire early part for people, like is sometimes hard because then it's like, wait a second, I can't even retire on time. Like I'm, I'm behind on that. And you're telling me I should retire early right? or, <laughs> or just like, the, and then they're the, like, forget it. I've done. Yeah. I don't want to like, hear about it anymore. <laughs> I don't, it's like, and then, you know, you're thinking about, will I, at what like work is important, which it is. Right. And so you're thinking about what would I do after that? And so I think it's really important to focus on the financial independent part and, First, you need to understand where you are on the journey. And which is why I break down the journey into kind of like five stages. Okay. Because you need to understand where in the stage you are. So the first stage to get to financial independence, like that you'll go through, which I call kind of like the explorer stage. You are literally just coming upon this and you are not able to pay all your bills debt based on what you're bringing in the household. And so you really just need to get stable. Stage two is the cadet stage where you're like, and you're paying off debt, consumer debt, because you want to become debt-free. After you pay off consumer debt, then you go to stage three. That's the aviator stage. That's where now you have more money to invest and save for your financial independence goals, your next goals in life. Stage four is what I call the commander stage. That's where you have work flexibility. So you've reached this point where you can literally like possibly quit a job, take a break, travel the world, maybe stay home with kids. And that's the stage that I'm currently in. And then stage five is like the next stage to find like complete financial independence. Like literally, if you didn't want to work anymore, you don't have to, the captain stage. And so I think understanding where you are on that point would then give you uh, just 
reference and your starting point. Then you can decide based on your goals and how fast you want to go, the quality of life you want to have, what you're willing to do to get there. And some people realize that, you know what, I'm fine with my timeline already. I just always encourage people to have their worst case, have like their backup plan, meaning let's just say you're saving and investing in your retirement account if you're, you have one, hopefully you do. And it says that it, in order for you to quit your job, you have to keep working until 65. And you might be like, well, I like my job, so I'm good with that. I always like to just say like, but you know what? You don't know what you'll want to do in five, 10, right. 15 years. Right. So I'm not saying that you should like now sacrifice all your happiness to invest and save more. But when you get to that point where you are okay, like you can actually walk away, get to that work flexibility stage, which I think is a stage everyone can get to because you paid off your consumer debt, you have enough invested in, and backup plans for other things, then that's where you can reach, I think, the freedom that we're all looking for. And so if you're getting overwhelmed by listening or thinking about, wait, how can I save and invest and have enough money to ever like not work again? That's one thing. But I think that other stage, even the stage I'm in, this flexibility is a it's a very approachable stage that everyone can get to. And so it's just figuring out what that looks like for you, how much you need to get to that stage and beyond. Yes, I love that because, right, it can be very overwhelming and feel impossible to a lot of people. And maybe it's it's not for it's not meant for everyone. But I do agree that everyone can get to that work flexibility stage, which is where you get to kind of do life on your own terms. Yes. Find a job yes. you love, find work that, that you do love. If you want to take time off, you can, and it's not, you're not struggling to make en- ends meet. Okay. So I do have three questions that I ask all of my guests and I don't want you to think too hard about them. I just want your really quick answers. Uh, The first one is what is one thing on your bucket list that you want to do? Oh, one thing on my bucket list that I want to do is take a luxury vacation with and without the kids. Like I just want to travel more, (laughs) but I really want to like show my kids the world. uh, And I want to like travel the world and it and it and enjoy it you know um so, yeah. yeah do you have like a trip coming up planned like in the next year that you're like this is where I'm gonna go here no I don't um have any trips planned out specifically but I should I should start thinking about that but I remember going when I just graduated from college my best friend and I went to Africa we went to Kenya oh, to um us wow. on a safari And I remember saying to myself, I can't like wait to be able to take my kids on something like this. And like, it was so beautiful. And so I think that's like one of those things where it's just like, I want to be able to do that and be comfortable doing it with my family. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Africa, 2022, Jamila's family. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. You know, my kids, I don't know about you, Allison, but these kids, like I, part of the, with the pandemic was nice because we didn't have to go many places with them Mm -hmm. because it's a lot. They're so young and they do whatever they want kind of. So it's like yeah. a nightmare to think about traveling with them, but I know that we have to start thinking about it soon. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, our, tri- our family took a trip last, I went camping last Thanksgiving. And I remember putting on Instagram, don't let these beautiful pictures fool you. This is just life in a different city. It's not vacation with kids. That's what I say. If kids are involved, it's just life and in a different location, which can throw rent. It can, make things even more hectic sometimes. Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's say you have three hours to do whatever you want with no interruptions, no kids, no husband, no animals, nobody's calling you. What do you do with that time? 
Oh, three hours. I'd probably go run, bike, or walk by my house. Mm-hmm. Like there's um this really beautiful national park, and I probably would do that. I do that now. Yeah. Like I'll leave and I'll be gone for like two hours. Be like, and you're like, see you later. Like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. And then I want you to complete the sentence. My favorite thing I've ever spent money on is. Woo. Oh, my favorite thing I've ever spent money on. It's a very responsible thing. So um, I when I bought my first condo at 22 because it's like been the best investment ever still own it I still own it it's in Dumbo Brooklyn which stands for down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass and I still own it and I'm like I'm so glad I made I took that it was very risky but I'm so glad I took that risk that's awesome and so do you run it out right now yes I do run it out so yeah awesome congratulations (laughs) and is it like completely paid off and you're just bringing in I wish no it's not completely paid off (laughs) It's not completely paid off, but um, I've had it for some time now because I got, I did it when I was about like 22. And so it will be by the time I reach, you know, my late 40s, early 50s, it will be paid off unless I leverage it to do something else. So, but I'm excited because I, in my head, I'm like, that could be a place that my kids will inherit or can stay when they, if they yeah. stay local in New York City, like they can like have, even though they're going to have to probably fight for it because it's three of them and it's only right. a studio. So yeah. they might have to all share it. But even like, I, it just feels good to have that backup plan that's there for us in mm-hmm. case of anything. That's awesome. And you're getting, you're getting money from it with rent. Yeah. It's hopefully yeah. more than more than the mortgage payment, which would be awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting with the whole COVID situation, like in my last tenant, which was really good. He had to leave because of COVID because he was traveling back and forth, but he was older. Oh. So he left in the middle of the pandemic with good reason. So finding a tenant, even though it's a very desirable location, was like not as easy as it typically would be. So, you know, we had to cut the price a bit, but overall it's a solid location. And so I feel good about that. And yeah, like it's no matter what, like the equity in it, it's appreciated so much since I bought it. So it's really been a, um, a great investment. That's awesome. So, well, thank you for joining us and go ahead and tell everyone listening where they can find you. Yeah. So you can follow me at journey to launch on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I mostly hang out on Instagram and then you can check out my website, journey to launch.com. I do have a brand new website. So check that out. And it's beautiful. Thank you. And then also check out the journey to launch podcast, wherever you listen to this amazing podcast. Yes. And I'll link to all of that below. Well, Jamila, thank you so much. And um, I'm so excited to continue to watch you grow and just watch your podcast take off, your business take off and reach your dreams. Thank you so much, Allison. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with my friend Jamila. She was just so inspiring. And if you're sitting here thinking, I wonder what financial independence would look like for me, I hope that you've taken away some knowledge on how to determine what is the next step for you. Ultimately, I hope that this podcast episode helps you live your best life and reach your money goals. 